welcome to the Israel Bible Podcast. My name is Cindy Parker. I am an author, a speaker, and the professor of Holy Land Studies at the Israel Bible Center. I am passionate about reading the Bible in the physical, historical, and cultural context of its day. But what I really love doing is having geeky conversations with people about all kinds of things. In this podcast, I'd like to invite you to join me as I sit down each week with other faculty members of IBC to discover new aspects of the Bible. Ah, these are some of my favorite dialogues because as a modern audience reading an ancient text, we know that the Bible does not need to be rewritten, but it needs to be reread. Today, we have the pleasure of learning from Dr. Mark Nanos. He is a lecturer at the University of Kansas and is often described as a Jewish historian with a research focus on the Apostle Paul. He has a roundtable talk with Dr. Ellie called Paul Within Judaism, and then this conversation with Dr. Gruber, and this one is called Paul and, quote, work of the law, unquote. We left off last week with an overview of, one, how to understand Judaism in the Second Temple period, not as a belief per se, but more of a way of life, and two, a description of the phrase ergonomu and the traditional interpretation as works of the law. The way we interpret that phrase changes the way we interpret the writings of Paul, an effect that has had an enormous impact on Western thought. This week, we get to hear more about how Dr. Nanos proposes that we translate this particular phrase. And at the core is the necessity to recognize the difference between culture and identity. Take a listen. What one of the big uh, ideas, and I think the way that I came at this, one of the big differences for me is when I read Galatians, I'm convinced that Galatians is not in any way resistance to observing Jewish ways of living to Judaism. It's, it's, it's not against Jewish dietary laws. It's not against Sabbaths. It's, it's not against any of those things. There's one thing it's against, and Paul articulates it repeatedly, and that's why I use the phrase synecdoche, circumcision. Synecdoche is functioning, uh, circumcision is functioning like we can say you know, a red state or the White House. We don't think of this literally. We recognize in, in it is a whole complex of ideas that, that are just being represented. And so um, circumcision is functioning for Paul, although it only affects half the population in theory of his groups, maybe. Um, it's, it's functioning as a marker of being identified as Jewish. And other people had circumcision too, but we recognize in his discourse, he's not talking about them or that. And uh, circumcision is not, generally speaking, just one moment of a physical, uh, surgical operation. It's an identification that has to do with rites of passage. Those rites of passage move a person, whether it's a baby at eight days old, into a, uh, uh, into a formal relationship as a Jew, or a non-Jewish person in rabbinic Judaism into identity as what we call a proselyte Jew. Uh, and there's some argumentation, of course, about whether they're the same as a natural-born Jew. Is it several generations later? Do they have to behave a certain way? But there's a generalization that they are no longer just a non-Jew, they're a Jew. 
circumcision is functioning as a, as a synecdoche for a process. There's other things involved in that process. Those rites of passage always involve a number of rituals, generally speaking, a number of rituals, but it's a culminating one or a completing one for the male. The female doesn't get circumcised, so their culminating one in rabbinic Judaism is a mikvah, a bath, so a baptism. So, um, but there are other things that change, right? If a person's going to change their ethnicity, they're also going to learn the culture. They're, they're already embracing cultural changes. But no matter how many cultural things they embrace, that's not the same as completing the ritual. No matter how Catholic you behave, you're not entitled to the sacraments unless you become a Catholic. And once you become a Catholic and complete the rites of passage, which are the synecdoche for would be baptism, then you're entitled to the sacraments, but you may not act as Catholic as you did before. And the Catholics around you may not have ever acted as Catholic as you did. And so we recognize the difference between culture, Judaism, Catholicism, and identity, Catholic, Jewish, Jew. So when I uh, was working with Galatians for, for so many years, and I'm still, I mean, all the books behind me, the two, top two shelves are Galatians commentaries and, and monographs, um, they're all convinced that Paul is in some way resisting Jewish law, Torah, observance. And even the new perspective is. So James Dunn, who famously kind of uh, said ergonomus should be confined to just boundary markers. When he defines boundary markers, that means circumcision, days, and diets, those three things, as if they're the same thing. But circumcision isn't like days and diets. Circumcision is not uh, something that uh, is uh, enjoined in Torah for a Jew once they're circumcised. You don't keep doing that. And in fact, almost no natural-born Jews ever made the choice. Their parents made it at eight days old, and it wasn't much of a choice if, if they were a practicing Jewish family. You just did it. It's what you do. Circumcision is about our re-identification. Days and diets are the cultural stuff. It's a practice of Judaism. One's about becoming a Jew. One's about acting like a Jew. So uh, for me, I think I backed into the, to, to, to the sharpness of clarity about the problem. The word erga, erga, translated works, can, and in this case, I argue does, refer to the rites of passage. Rites, R-I-T-E-S, not R-I-G-H-T-S, but rites, rituals. And nomu, if you look in a proper Greek lexicon, almost all of the primary meanings have to do with custom or norm. So if we translate this uh, in the direction that circumcision points us, rather than the direction that cultural behavior points us, that is identification, then what we're talking about is ergonomu means rights of a custom, customary rights completed by circumcision in the case of males who want to become Jews. We're talking about in, in, in normal parlance, what I'd like to see in a few years is that we just meant, when we see the phrase ergonomu, we use proselyte conversion or proselyte re-identification or proselyte because that's what it signifies. And that would get us out of this complex that we think Paul is resisting, is putting faith into contest with behavior. He's putting faith in, in, into a contest with 
how you're identified. Can you be faithful as a non-Jew to the con confession of Jesus as Messiah? Unlike a Jew who's being faithful to the confession of Jesus as Messiah includes Torah because they're identified in the covenant with Moses, the non-Jew isn't. Are they being faithful? Is it take two different courses? And is that what Paul's really arguing for? Now, when you when you get to the the main argument that you're presenting, I just want to restate it again so people are clear. So you're saying that ergonomu in Paul's letters, especially Romans and Galatians, does not refer to works of the biblical law or the Mosaic Torah. It has nothing to do with that. It's referring specifically, much more specifically, to a proselyte conversion ritual, which, by the way, as you mentioned repeatedly in the article, does not appear whatsoever in the Torah. In other words, it's a kind of innovation that's come about more recently to Paul's time period. It's not something that comes from the Torah at all. So he's referring not to anything to do with the Mosaic law, as people know it, whatsoever, but to a practice whereby non-Jews could take on that identity marker as being Judean or Jewish or Israelite or however you want to phrase it for the time period. Whoa, that's huge. I've heard similar ideas within the faculty at IBC, but I don't think that is widely circulated. And it's huge. Rewind if you need to hear that again, because I do think that it has massive implications for how we understand Paul, his writings, and even the cultural context he's speaking into. And speaking of the cultural context, it's good to note that the language that people were using is Greek. And there are various words we use for the English word law, Torah in Hebrew, nomos in Greek. And do those two words have the same meaning? Are they equal? What if the Greek word has a definite article in front of it, nomos, law, or the nomos? So in the second case, does that article point to Torah? If we imagine he's within Judaism and his audiences know that because they know he practices a Jewish way of life, he would never eat idol food. He would never eat pork and so on. If they know that he, his, their meetings are on the Sabbath, that he's teaching them um, to, to measure time in Jewish ways, then they, their expectation, and, and, and in his argument, he's arguing from Torah throughout all of his letters, but in, let's just stay with Galatians, where, the, where this phrase is, is so prominent, it's only in Galatians and Romans, by the way, this phrase. It's nowhere else. But um, I think they know that he's arguing from Torah. So he can't be arguing against Torah's jurisdiction over them or, or, or looking to Torah as the, as the guidance for how they ought to live or as the authority. He's appealing to it. And he makes this interesting move. Uh, so I'm first talking about what I think Paul was doing then. And then I'm talking about the problem I have in the essay with what I'm trying to do now. And that's why I qualify. In four, uh, chapter 4 of Galatians 4.21, there's this interesting phrase. It's, not, it's normally translated as if there's an article when there isn't in the first case, but there is in the second. So Paul says something like, um, yeah, I just want to ask you this, you know, uh, you know. Those who want to be under no article, no most, do you not hear article? 
nomos. And then he proceeds to tell a story from the nomos, Torah, the Pentateuch, actually, in the case of um, Abraham having two women and sons by each, one born free, one born slave. Then he makes a link to Isaiah 54, which is in broader Torah, Tanakh we call, but a broader sense of scripture as authority. And then he draws his conclusions. So in other words, Paul is now going to argue from the Torah why they should not want to be under a law, principle, norm, custom. And what is the custom that Galatians is, 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 is about? Paul uh, suggesting or arguing that they must resist, insisting they must resist the custom of proselyte conversion, as, as we call it later, of, uh, of circumcision for the males to complete a rite of passage to, by which they can satisfy the people on the other side who are saying, yeah, you need to become Jews if you want to make the claims that you're making for full membership and full uh, respect as among the righteous ones and so on. And so without getting talking about who the other people were, here we see him playing, and he plays by appealing to the Torah that you don't you don't understand the Torah. And this leads us to, and I just to stay with the with the with not getting to why I qualify this, but getting to what Paul's argument is. Nowhere in the Torah or in the Tanakh is there a prescribed way for non-Israelites and later non-Jews to become Israelites or Jews by way of circumcision or any other rites of passage. It's very vague uh, because Israelite culture, Israelitism, was designed for Israelites, not for non-Israelites. And so we get these a few occasions, Ruth and, and it, it being a, a major one, but several other occasions where non-Israelites, um, and so we have the discussion of the Gerim, the 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 resident alien or strangers within the gates who are expected what culturally to act israelitish and yet they're distinguished still as non-israelites where circumcision comes up in in the torah is with uh, well with respect to them if they want to uh, partake of passover um but that doesn't make them an israelite it just means it's okay to sit at that 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 particular festival but for slaves all the way back to abraham and picked up in the mosaic tradition is that if an Israelite family and later a Jewish family uh, procures a slave or has a slave born in their house, they'll be circumcised. It does not make them free. It does not make them Israelites or Jews. It makes them acceptable within the household, some kind of uh, a basic uh, uh, cultural norm that's required of them. They have to dress properly, so to speak, if they're going to come. I can't smoke cigarettes in church, you know, some sort of thing like this, but it, but it's not the same as the rites of passage. And so Paul actually can make this point, this kind of subtle point that this whole custom of making non-Jews into Jews is actually not in the nomos. And he does it by way of this allegory. And, and, and this is something I will publish. Uh, I've done some papers on how he does this in here, which people think is, is anti a Torah, but it's not. It's absolutely his appeal to Torah that you're misreading it because circumcision for non-Israelites is for slaves. And is that really the model that you should be following? So 
just to, to finish now on that, that's what I think Paul's echo chamber is, if you will. So his not using the article could be a strategy that helps to focus their attention on what they maybe are not distinguishing because they're not trained in this. The difference between what Torah teaches and what other people say is a custom, a norm expected of them, because that's what the Jewish community is moving towards during the diaspora of this time. But the second game I have to play in the essay is with, with modern scholars. And because modern scholars have, have used, as have the traditional interpretations in Latin, they have used the article. And I actually think it would be otherwise perfectly useful to use the article because we are talking about a particular rite of passage, a Jewish one, the custom of proselyte conversion. So I have no problem with it argumentatively in an, in an etic sense, but in an emic sense of trying to understand what Paul was doing, I think we shouldn't use it. So we can keep this playfulness with the language that I think he's using to undermine the authority of the uh, custom that is not in the custom that should guide your um, thinking about what applies to you and what doesn't. You're redefining the synecdoche, so uh, if you will. In other mm -hmm. words, circumcision or works of the law is not about Jews following what the Torah tells them to say at all. It's about something different. It's about non-Jews taking on an identity that um, isn't prescribed in the Torah, so to speak. Um, I'm, you yeah, may, may have I just seen... Interject? May I just interject? Sure. It's actually not just about Jews. Um, uh, it's not that it's against Jews uh, following right, the Torah. Right. It's also not against non-Jews following the Torah. I think that's a big problem in interpreting Paul too. Take a letter that's written to a specific community in a particular situation and then act as if it he was creating what he thought would be universal philosophical rules for everybody for all time. I think that's fundamentally problematic. But to flesh out those specifics, the context that you see, um, maybe I can ask, you know, what would be the advantage of a non-Jew taking on this uh, right of conversion in that particular Greco-Roman context of the time? I mean, why would someone even want to do that? I don't have ownership of this basic uh, recognition that uh, Paul's writing has been universalized. And I mean, it, it's just plain common sense. And, and others have done uh, much with this over the years, uh, especially in resistance to the new perspective on Paul, uh, because then it became clear that is a problem that continued that didn't really change. But, you know, let's face it, the people who read Paul in the fourth century that set up what we what we know as Christianity, the Augustans and Jeromes and so on, and the, prior to them, the Chrysostoms and so on, they, the, the church fathers, they weren't asking questions about becoming Jews or Judaism. They had to figure out uh, which kind of Christianity was better, and they they employed or weaponized, you know, Paul's rhetoric in that in that goal, in that aim. So the fact that they were universalizing it is just to be expected. Their communities were were identified as Christian. And what does this mean to us? And it 
and, and just to take that point to today, that is one of the downsides to the Paul within Judaism and these kinds of, of emphases that I'm making is that people will say, well, why do I care about that? You know, in my church, becoming a Jew is, is a non sequitur. It's not an issue. And it wouldn't, you know, nobody, nobody's thinking that. So why do I read Paul now if that's what he's arguing about? And so that is, a, that is an issue of when you historicize things and when you really put them in their context, that may not be your context. Maybe that isn't that important to you. It should be important to you in a sense of recognizing how that has shaped Christian culture, and you need to read that um, cross-culturally. But there will be other places that you need to, to uh, read Paul for, you know, information for how to guide your life, perhaps. But not this, because it, it's not your context. And trying to make it your context is actually not being fair uh, to the person that wrote these things and the audiences it was written for. It's it's not good uh, history. It's not really ethically uh, proper to do that, to make someone else say what you want them to say because you need it to be about me. <laughs> Uh, translation and context and interpreting for a modern context. These are all the things we like to talk about at IBC. In the roundtable talk, Dr. Nanos and Dr. Gruber continue to tease out Dr. Nanos's understanding of ergonomu, and it is so good. One of those conversations you just want to put on repeat so you can go back and keep picking up new gems. You will find this conversation under the just released option in the round table talk menu at israelbiblecenter.com. If you love conversations like this, join us at IBC, where you have access to so many amazing courses and you can dig into the details of culture and interpretation. And along the way, you can earn credit towards Israel Bible Center certificate program in Jewish context and culture. Thank you, Jeremy McDonald from Mason Jar Music for doing an amazing job editing, mixing, and adding in all the good music. And thank you for hanging out with me and being curious about all things Bible-related.